you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Around the NFL podcast would wear the Jets' new uniforms. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Wow. What a day. I do, I do not what think What a morning. The people listening to this will, have no, will not be affected in any way, but it is... I am approximating this 97 degree. It is a Bikram yoga session in this studio right now. It is a hot yoga. Mark is fanning the papers in his face. But I'm not alone. Got the vapors. But you're the only one doing the paper thing. I have paper. No one else seems to have any around them. Um, Funny you should talk about the hot because hot seat and the New York Jets and it got so hot somebody burned. I have a missive to read. I can't believe this. I can't believe I'm reading this right now. This morning, I informed Mike that he was being relieved of his duties as general manager of the team, effective immediately. Mike McAgnan helped to execute the strategic vision of the organization during the last four seasons, and especially the last few months. However, I came to the decision to make a change after much thought and a careful assessment of what would be in the best long-term interests of the New York Jets. And it goes on and on. Chairman and CEO... Christopher Johnson. Oh, I thought that was you making the statement. <laughs> Dan has released him of his duties. <laughs> Extensive power. <laughs> we, we were, Ricky and I, and, you know, inappropriate, Erica. Um, we were looking for diff- some different in-house music, and that New York song popped up, and we quite liked it. Can I hear it again? Hey. 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 
Michael J. Fox comes strolling across the opening credits. That's a great call. Like Adam Gase, it's your team now, and he like steps onto the busy New York streets with like with like a coat like slung over his back. Like, and he's like, Ray it's Bans. my team now. A traffic whistle in the background. Exactly. Like a pretty girl kisses him on the cheek, and he does like a spin. Um, uh, I, but when Eric and I, were, I was sitting at Eric's computer when we f- found that job, I said, let's play that like when something good's happening with the Jets. Well, whatever. It's not a good thing. Uh, the Jets fire Mike McCagney. Let's just get right into it. We got a lot to get to today, um, including the Dalton scale, one of our favorite um, annual episodes where we find out who truly is the prime meridian of NFL quarterbacks uh, and kind of break down where we are at as, as the NFL at the uh, QB position. But yes, the Jets fire their general manager on Wednesday morning uh, in a shocking move. They also get rid of their uh, vice president of football operations, I believe. Was that, was that the title? Um, or Heimendinger? Pro personnel, I believe. Pro personnel, Heimendinger. So this was, in, t- in terms of power struggles, uh, I guess we could start here. In terms of power struggles, Adam Gase v. Mike McCagnin. This would be the um, Mike Tyson v. Michael Spinks of power struggles. Mm. It was fierce. It was over in 30 seconds. And McCagnin's on the street. And um, we, t- we talked about this on NFL Network, but I'll, I'll repeat it here. That it, I just found it kind of funny. I'm a, if you know our show and you, and you know me because I talk about things, um, my my fan interest. I'm a Yankees fan, and I'm happy. I'm lucky for that. I'm also a, a Jets fan and a Knicks fan. And watching the draft lottery yesterday with the Knicks, uh, where they got into the Final Four, and this whole Zion Williamson, this Duke uh, phenom, they got so close, they end up getting the number three pick, and it's a huge letdown for the entire city. And now the next morning, the Jets, just when they seem to maybe be, be getting out of their way as an organization – um, they do this totally bizarre move, Wes. And we'll, I'm going to start with you on this because to get rid of McCagnin now in the middle of May after free agency, a- after the draft, um, it's just not a good look. And there is there are positive ways to spin it if you want. And I am an optimistic Jets fan, and there are not many of me. And I will share some of those takes. But... In terms of how surprising and shocking this move was, the timing stands out, right? Right, and I understand the point that all that matters is the coach and the GM getting along, having the right guy in place. That's the bottom line. But the timing to me, why if he's not good at his job, why did you allow him to lead the search for your head coach? Why did you allow him to spend over $100 million in free agency? Why did you allow him to lead your draft if he's not a good general manager? <laughs> well, they... They hadn't re- reached that conclusion yet, or they hadn't reached the conclusion, uh, Chris Johnson, that is, you know, the acting owner, that the relationship between Gase and McCagnin uh, was untenable, which, you know, our reporters, Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofolo, said Chris Johnson, you know, observed their relationship quite a bit in the lead up to the draft. But it, it just creates a whole and, – and I get getting rid of them after the draft. That's that's actually pretty traditional when you get rid of some personnel people. But doing it after the free agency period is crazy because the, of all of the, these stories that came up today, by far the most concerning one to me is from Ian saying that Adam Gase really wasn't on board with Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley getting the amount of money that they got. 
So that was a big factor, I think, in all of this. And and that's part of the issue, I think, with making Gase the interim GM. That was the end of that statement uh, that we didn't get to, that for now, Gase is acting GM. And maybe that doesn't mean much. They'll have someone in there soon enough that works with Gase. But his, his two of his best players, his his new signings, know that. And he's the coach, by the way. And so that's just – it's just like adding a lot to headlock I, I don't hate this for the Jets. I can get the idea that oh, they fired someone else. It kind of reminds me we did an emergency broadcast for – the Browns firing Hugh Jackson, like, oh, it's another terrible moment. Is it? You actually remove something that wasn't helping your team. It's just that it's another transaction at a weird time. It doesn't. It doesn't. Well, the Browns, it was the hold right on, though, time Hold to on. Do it. I don't think it's the wrong thing here because the, they talk about Christopher Johnson since the senior bowl. There were issues between McCagnan and Gase. The owner has the privilege of observing a relationship like in any business. And when two people of power are not getting along, that's not what they planned. Sure, but you should have seen that when you hired him. You should have made the— That's fine. You should have had him aligned. That's the problem that bad organizations don't have the GM and but the coach so, aligned. But my point that's is the, now, it is it is the timing is, is ill. But is, So do you let it fester no. for the next no. year? There have already been like six or seven reports about them not getting along. It's going to carry on all the way through this entire season. Then they'll just fire him on January 3rd. Well, where do, do we— think now. those reports are coming from. I mean, it, well, the, the guy who has from the, Gase's camp, the guy who has the power is there. It, you know? It's not. I don't think it's unfair to say that more than just about any head coach in the NFL, where Adam Gase goes, his sparrows follow. People fall by the wayside, and jobs are lost. The he, the head scratcher is they obviously clearly when you now take a um, a macro viewpoint of it, they knew they wanted to move on from Todd Bowles. They decided to keep McCagnan involved, but obviously they weren't in love with him because they wouldn't have got, jumped off board so quickly the way they did. They brought on they brought in Gase and then kind of hoped it would work. So to your point, Mark, I agree with the idea of don't let a, a bad marriage sit there. We yeah, talked I about agree with marriages. That. Do the divorce. But what makes what makes for a bad look? And it just to me it is what it is. Is you you make that decision. Optics-wise, it's bad after you let that same guy who you allowed to stay, McCagnin, make those moves in free agency and make the draft the draft moves he did. And then this is, I guess, I don't know if this is just a leaky ship or what, but the reporting from Ian to me was just so detailed, overly detailed, and a good job by Rap Sheet on it. But uh, right down to Adam Gase thought that C.J. Mosley, um, who shattered the inside linebacker market at $17 million a year, should only have made about $13 million. Adam, Gay, uh, Adam Gase did not think that Le'Veon Bell was worth the money that he was given. And that is all – that might be absolutely and right. Adam but, Gase wanted Matt Paradise to center. And Matt, he wanted the center. The Jets still have a whole, huge hole there. That's all out there, public record. And I, I just feel like that's ne- not necessarily healthy organizationally for all this stuff to be out on the table. I would say this too. Like this was a – an off season where the Jets could not sit on their hands and and they had to go out and spend the money. You weren't going to get Le'Veon Bell on a discount price that Adam Gase Right, wanted. but McCagnan kind of did it to save his job. Ironic. Okay, he did it, but maybe it was right or wrong. But, like, I don't, I didn't see a lot of people killing the Jets' spending spree when they had a ton of cap money until it's like, oh, suddenly someone else didn't like the way that McCagnan operated. I, I think C.J. Mosley was paid too much, but that's the way the market operated. Right, it's just problematic time. when his coach is the one that's killing. It is, but it's also <laughs> problematic that the Jets... Here, here's how it comes out in the wash. The Jets ownership has clearly sided with the coach that's been in the, in the, in the organization for weeks. 
So you have to get that right. Because McCagna did some things right and some things clearly wrong. But what is Gay, why do we care what Gase thinks you should have paid C.J. Mosley? Because he's running the franchise. I'm just saying from a knowledge standpoint, do I think that Gase knows more about co- pain because the he- linebacker than the GM that you've hired? Maybe. Because, because I'm he, just saying we don't know well, that. Because though. you know who cares is C.J. Mosley, who's going to have to play for this guy. And, and it also creates a little bit of a tricky – this is why I think when coaches and GMs aren't aligned, there's problems. Because then it's like, well, whose responsibility was this? If, if Mosley turns out to be a bad signing, now it's like, well, Gase actually didn't really want him necessarily that much. And it, and it gets messy. And that's why you got to make the choice in January, which I don't think anyone would have argued with. Mike McCagan was one of the least successful general managers in the league. 31 teams uh, won at least six games in in a season over the last three years. The other team was the Jets. The, you know, they, they, they signed Mosley and Bell because they have big roster holes. They still have big roster holes in some places in terms of the pass rush, uh, you know, in terms of cornerback. I think that he had a good offseason. I mean, like, they look better. Yeah. It's, a, it's, just well, a, is, it's just messy. So here's the, here's the positive spin on it. I still don't think from where the team is right now compared to last year or the year before, the sky is not falling. It's a better roster. Sure. It's improved. And it, they didn't lose any of that today. And and what, what they what they gain as well is the potential to upgrade their personnel department. And we talked about this when the rumors came out regarding McCagnan potentially being on the hot seat a few weeks ago. There's not one Jets fan, myself included, that today is like, I can't believe we let Mike McCagnan out the right. door. Like, He's not the right. one who got away. He had plenty of time to make his imprint on this franchise and he's been a very hit or miss guy more miss than hit and the other point i have so if they if this ends with uh that guy from the eagles who people are high on or maybe even move the sticks has been reported out there as somebody that could be the jets could target which would be very fun um but the my final thought on mccagnan um, and good luck to him, Mark. We met him at the owners' meetings last year. You, Lovely guy. You chatted him up and, and waved me over. I still remember your big smile as you, you and uh, Big Mac at the bar together, and I came over. We had a great conversation, and the conversation we had, uh, I remember, was it was before the draft last year. Just telling him what a big fan I was, and got to get this one right. We need a quarterback, and he was very he was he would not say anything, and that leads to my last point, which is. If the Jets do end up being a successful franchise in the near future, McCagnan's legacy will be that he got Sam Darnold. And he was he made what was the best move potentially of his career by trading those picks, getting up and putting the Jets in position to get the quarterback they've been searching for since Joe Namath. And we have to see if Darnold's that guy. But he will be remembered fondly by this fan base and the organization if Sam Darnold is a star. Because otherwise, what he excelled at, which you'd hope 32 GMs would, was picking the best player available at very high spots in the draft. And the problem a little bit is the Jets are, yes, they're great at picking at number three, and they're great at picking at number six and spending a ton of money in free agency. But is that really the cornerstone of building a team? Because you want to not be picking three and six for eternity. I would have moved on from McCagnin arguably two off seasons ago. You're in a thorny situation. They were patient probably... until they weren't patient. And that's when the they thing. Stop being the time, patient. It was over. The time to do it was with Bowles, and then none of this. And that, and that's that's where I think you can fault ownership. And they might even they might even admit that, like in the long run, they're like, yeah, you know, that that would have made sense to just have a clean break then. And the thing that just would concern me as a Jets fan is just is just the draw, just kind of like as Wes was saying, the 
the drama and the the ups and downs that tend to go with Adam Gase. Forget it, you know, including his post game press conferences and everything like that. That it's just gonna be. A lot. And maybe it'll be a lot, and it'll be a lot of fun, too, you know. You want him having less power. Well, here's the thing. I I totally agree with Wes that he has not proven anything to gain more power. Nor do I care what he thinks about players' salaries or anything. Coach the players. Here's the thing. He's he's got the power. So whether— For now. Right. Interim GM. Oh, but I mean, he's the guy. They, there's, they're not going to bring in someone that isn't totally on what board. What has he done to earn that? I he so agree with Wes. I'm just saying, like, if they bring in Joe Douglas, who's the VP in Philadelphia, has a lot of respect, who is very close with Daniel Jeremiah. So that's an interesting connection that those are two guys they're interested in. Are they a package deal? Is it just they like that kind of tree? Who, I don't know. Uh, you know, D- Daniel Jeremiah worked under Joe Douglas back in the day. Whoever it is is going to be on board with the Adam Gase philosophy. When the coach is there first, he's the guy. And so you can give him the GM title, but it's ultimate. And it should be Adam Gase's ship at this point because you've got to have those two guys because you don't want them at odds with Adam Gase. You, you see what happened. Then then it's like, okay, then Gase is out the door. Why can't it be trouble. like Sean McDermott and and Brandon Bean in, in Buffalo? Why do we – so essentially what you're but telling – And you're, I'm saying McDermott's well, but the you're guy. But if you're Joe Douglas, whoever, you're getting pulled out of a premier front office in Philadelphia, a short drive from the Jets front office to take a job where, yes, your title is higher, higher, but you go in with the us, the four of us and what's knowing, your role is lacking power as a general well, manager. I think Why? Because you believe in Adam Gase and you probably have a previous relationship with him and you want to have that partnership. And it's okay if he is the most important guy in the organization. He, you guys he just is. You the guys, belief in Adam to, Gase is a massive to your, X factor. To your point on McDermott, McDermott's the guy. I mean, he's ultimately the most important person in that organization. And Bean, Bean was brought in because he works well with McDermott. And so far, they've had a good partnership. The Jets believe in Adam Gase. You guys don't. History, I'm not saying I don't. No, history, I want to see it. Let me finish. History suggests that you guys will be right because the Jets usually get this stuff wrong. But that's what's happening here, and they want to line up Gase with his people and let him be the guy. And and as a Jets fan, I'm nervous about it. But listen, they need to be functional, and I think this puts them – this gives – we just talked about the Packers on the last show – there needs to be a clear line of, of power. I think what may come out of this positively is the Jets have a chain of command. You you we'll say see. they believe in Adam Gase, but I I make I draw a big line between a guy that you courted and you knew all along for months you want this person to be your head coach. But they didn't. They wanted Matt Rule, right. who was That's the what Baylor I'm saying. coach. <laughs> if they loved Adam Gase so much, why wasn't he their first choice? It's like you talk yourself into this guy, and then you keep giving him more and more power. But he hasn't really earned it. I see it more as these guys are not getting along. I have to move on from one of them. And not that I love either of them or either of them has earned the crown of total power. But this isn't working. It's getting worse. We're having to respond to this in press conferences. Bye-bye, Mike Mack. Speaking of, let's just hear the beginning of Adam Gase's press conference um, on Friday when he addressed this issue. Just another reminder for fans out there of how to read the NFL. Who decides that? Is to put that stuff out there it kind of pisses me off a little bit because well, we have discussions on everything and that's that's our job we have to do we have to work through so much stuff and that's what we got to do and you know that's all we've done since we've been here uh don't listen to anyone they're lying <laughs> to you they it's you're allowed to do that uh, maybe in all sports but especially in the nfl you could stand at a podium and you don't have to bend the truth you don't have to circumvent a question you you just can look into the camera and look at the reporters and say the opposite of what is truthful. 
And then there's no repercussions. It's not like at the presser the next time Gay speaks, they're going to be like, you lied to us. It's like, no, that's how it works. How does that make it any different than any other area of public life in America? That's it it makes it very similar. Right. Al- along with horses, uh, lying is very hot right now in front of a microphone. Big time trend. <laughs> um, all right. Horses are hot right now. That's what, yeah, that's an inside joke just for us. But uh, yeah, Patrick Claybon uh, said that to Ed Oliver on. Uh, <laughs> Ed was taken it back a little bit. Yeah, because there's Ed Oliver loves horses. There's some good pics of him out there on tops of horses. And Claybon was uh, just like, horses are hot right now, Ed. Partly because of you. I, I hope that. I hope more people were watching that than just us. The uh, Jets are trying to overtake the Patriots, and um, we'll see about that. Uh, but while on the uh, topic of the AFC East, let's just hit the Patriots quickly before we get to the Dalton scale. Uh, first thing, a personnel move, Jamie Collins, uh, who's been on the street for a while since his March 6th release by the Browns, uh, rap sheet reports that the Pat good day for rap sheet. Uh, Pats are in talks uh, with Collins to rejoin the team. Uh, he's entering his age 30 season. He spent the last few years with Cleveland, got paid a ton of money, uh, did not live up to the paycheck. Cleveland moves on. And now New England, uh, who once took him with the 52nd overall pick back in 2013, uh, take a chance on a vet. Greg, you like Collins back in the mix. I do. I think they needed more at linebacker and that he can fulfill his destiny as a good role player. That maybe isn't on the field every down, but he can do certain things well and they'll put him in position to do that. Doesn't it remind you of Patrick Chung? Sort of fell out of favor, right. had to go to another team and then come back, and was, now he's like a he's core been there. Yeah, nucleus he's, player. He's been there for four or five years. I don't know if that'll happen with Collins, but they need. I feel like they need some bodies there in the, in the front seven. And uh, one other Patriots note, uh, Greg, you've had a lot of um, internal <laughs> warfare. Uh, your mind has been on fire, a lot of sleepless nights. You've shared on this podcast you were worried about the construction, or I should say the reconstruction of the Patriots coaching staff, which you <laughs> well, they didn't have out, any at the time. If you go to Patriots.com and you look up coaching staff, there's like, and he's, look, even as I'm saying that, he was already doing that. He's back on that website. There's still Steve Belichick's <laughs> the only guy. They got to update it. There's only like three or four guys on that page uh, on Patriots.com. Well, guess what? Um, Bill Belichick, Greg, according to a report, will call the Pats defense in 2019. He will essentially be their defensive coordinator. You feel better? I like that. He's West put it this way. He does, he's running out of like mountains to climb. So this is like a new challenge. And he's done this before in the first year uh, with Matt Patricia there with the first year. Um, I believe with Dean Pease there, it was kind of Belichick was, was in charge. I mean, it's a very inexperienced coaching staff. I'm not really that worried, but it's, it's, it's a little odd to lose almost your entire defensive coaching staff in one year. A lot to put on his plate. I don't know. <laughs> See, yeah, you know, everybody's worried. Not, I'm not sure he can handle this. It's kind of interesting. And they say they supposedly see Jared, Gerard Mayo maybe as a future coordinator, but he's 33 and has literally never coached before. This will be his first time. He's a linebacker. By the way, Mike Garofolo had all that news. So whenever Ian mm-hmm. has a good day, and then in the new world that we live in, Mike G is right behind him to remind What a battle. What a rivalry. Me, sir. I love it. And it it's just don't, don't believe them when they say that, that they get along great no. either. Hey, you know what? You know, Iron sharpens iron. <laughs> I'm kidding. They actually do. They get along, they but do you get wonder along if great. there's maybe a rift growing that maybe the owner, in this case, one of the top suits on the third floor, like Christopher Johnson with the Jets, has to start mm. entering the facility more just to see what Observe. the dynamic is. Yep. Observe. Yep. See, I feel like in this situation – 
Ian is Adam Gase, and uh, Mike Garofalo is Joe Douglas. He came into this organization knowing where he stood, mm-hmm. is, has a good relationship, mm-hmm. and he's good with it. And yeah, but I'll, now I'll he's an upstart him. breaking news that Ian <laughs> wanted to break during the season. So, you know, these things don't, these little perfect things don't last forever. And continuing to just tie things together, you guys have, and it's fair, questions about whether Adam Gase can handle or deserves all that power. I have questions about whether Bill Belichick can handle this. <laughs> whether he deserves it, whether he's earned it. He's sort of like a 65-year-old De Niro. It's like, what's what's left for him? I need to start building up motivation. Start motiv- mailing it in? No, he needs he needs to start creating that's, motivation. That's my theory, that they've they've earned some mail-in jobs. They've earned a little meet the parents, too. I feel like this is your now, like, <laughs> meet the Fockers era Patriots. Yeah, you've yeah. moved on from meet the little Fockers. The original parents. Yeah, successful box office. No one really respects it, but, you know, it's fine. And, and I don't want to gloss over it. I know I mentioned it, but Daniel Jeremiah under consideration for role in Jets front office. That's from Schefter, ESPN's Adam Schefter's own. Very of course. fascinating. The problem for you, I know that you, I, and you're, you know, as the sugar plums are dancing above your head, you think that you have this sort of beeline into Jets, into the Jets brain. He will never text you back ever again the minute he hits Laura <laughs> Park. Um, <laughs> listen, you have your sparrows of the Browns. Me and DJ are... You know, bitter enemies, but perhaps <laughs> uh, if he takes the Jets job, we'll be able to smooth that all over, bitter. and 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 we'll see what happens. I we would you feel responsible if he didn't take the Jets job just out of his uh, antipathy <laughs> to you personally? I guess just like it. yeah, I'm thinking about it, it but this whole Hansis relationship <laughs> kind of makes it weird. I could I, I would not I put, it put it past him. <laughs> I would not. He's got that type of. I mean, he was attitude. the Browns. He was in the Browns front office. Didn't have any issues with that. Not a lot happened during that tenure. What are you saying? That maybe he wins. wouldn't be a good choice I, I for the put Jets? That, I put that behind my – in my relationship with D- DJ, like I can look back on the late Eric Mangini era of the Browns and say – Well, he was a scout and done a you few didn't more even work I at could the Could have done a few more things during that, that era. I, I love, like you, I love be, you, DJ, but – If on. he ever went to the Jets, it seems like he'd be much further up the field. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm just, he was with I, Cleveland. It, the situation to me He's is paralleled gonna... in the sense that – could have done more. Right. He's not looking I for, hope he will with the He's Jets. not looking for nose tackles at Saginaw Valley or whatever. <laughs> well, did he find any? <laughs> Eating like Bring TV dinners me. in those little sad microwaves and motels. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of a different sitch. All right. That's what's happening in the news. What? And the other thing, you know, about the Jets. You know, other teams, let's drop this on Friday. The Jets. Let's drop it in the center of the goddamn week just so everybody could just obsess over it. It does feel like they, they are the latest. Come on, guys. And both New York and both, you think that public relations would thrive and be at the cutting edge of evolution in New York City of all places. But between the Jets and Giants, we need a bit of a refresher course on how to do this, I think. Jets were like, you you had the back page yesterday? Not Nick's, anymore. Not anymore, buddy. Oh, you're you starting it. to get cozy with Daniel Jones? Let us jump in and take the A storyline. It is the Knicks and Jets, two star-crossed New York franchises battling it out to see who could be saddest. This is a great song. Hell yeah. You know, somebody wrote that song. What, how much money does that lead singer, if there was a lead singer in that? There is make? a singer. I don't know if it's... There was like a woman and a man. I think, <laughs> definitely like, a lead Like kind of going back to back or something, but... I don't know. That's in our... I'm always fascinated by our internal um, library here at NFL. And then you listen to these songs and... That's a ridiculous song, right? How did they not make it big? Someone sat down at a table and wrote that song. 
Well, not it didn't take it it didn't take a long time to sit at the table. Here we are at New York City, like over and over and over, whatever the words were. <laughs> I just you, know there seems to be no like third or fourth stanza there. Nineteen eighty seven Michael J. Fox though is on top of the world. Oh yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Oh yeah. It's a tradition like no other. Eat it. Um, Jim Nance, because I'm taking your catchphrase. It's not about the Masters anymore. It's about the Dalton scale. Yes. What is the Dalton scale? I'm not going to give a full explanation. Chris Wessling is. Andy Dalton (laughs) is the prime meridian of NFL quarterbacks. He represents quarterback purgatory. If you are ranked below Andy Dalton, your franchise needs a quarterback. If you're ranked above Andy Dalton, you're in ship shape. Everything's figured out. You're good to go. To keep um, great explanation, Wes, and what we did, each of us, the four of us, basically put together something approximating a power rankings of quarterbacks. But within um, – everyone maybe has their own kind of factors, but like franchise quarterback, right, Greg? Like who, the guy, yeah, the guy you'd want. Your really. guy. A guy you want in your organization. You factor in all sorts of things. Uh, experience, age, uh, potential. Uh, that's when the list becomes very subjective. But we all did it, uh, about 30 quarterbacks. And Ricky, because this has become, uh, you know, we've done enough shows now. We've done about 1,000 shows that we really do have traditions like none other. Um, and I had ri- I keep Ricky on her toes sometimes. You know, she's got a good job. She's she's very busy. She According does a to lot. you. She did a tremendous uh, job with her behind the around the NFL. Um, if you check that out on Twitter. Uh, but I kept her on her toes on a Tuesday and I slacked her and I said, hey, you want to check out our past episodes of the Dalton scale? And there have been this will be the fourth. And let us know. I wanted to know anything interesting. And also, most importantly, um, who has been. Who did we decide each year was the prime meridian oh. of NFL quarterbacks? Because I knew there was maybe some Andy wasn't there all three years. And what did you find, Ricky? Well, in 2016, um, both Greg and Wes were saying that they hands down always take Blake Bortles over Matt Ryan. Oof. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. We are crazy. Yeah, that oh was my. really After funny. After second year. I mean, you guys we, love uh, Bortles. That yeah. was the year he had 35. Do we have to have the, I liked him too. I'll throw myself in that. Right. Uh, do, do we have the How do the we sound? Jobs? Or we have to trust Oh, I, tr- I trust this. I trust on yeah. that one. I, I mean, we've him. had some You don't trust Eric. <laughs> I trust that. And I would I would like to. Good research. Yeah. But I'd fire point. myself immediately. You guys put Alex Smith um as the as the Dalton line, the Smith scale, essentially. So that was twenty sixteen. Yeah, that was the year where Dalton's coming off of a of a nice big year. year. Yeah, which was fair to Dalton. At yeah, that yeah, stage. yeah. Because the Dalton yeah. scales really moves up and down. He can move up and down, but he's always kind of the prime Marinian. Where if you're right. better than him, then you are a true future you know, franchise thing, quarterback. And Wes, I've always Dan struggled with. This I've struggled with, him, but I finally figured it out yesterday. Um, why I've struggled with it for some reason in my brain, and it, again goes back to math. I, for some reason, was looking at Dalton as the mean or no, like no, the no. average point, and it, there is a if he's in the middle, everyone below, and but that's not the case. Obviously. No, there could be five less than him, right. and Everyone else above. And what we're seeing now in the NFL, and we're going to get to it. There seems to be more answers or team or what we see as answers a quarterback than in, in recent years. He's not the mean now. The beauty of this scale is that it's truly reflective of quarterback play in the NFL. He could be ranked 14 one year and still be the prime meridian, and the next mm. year be ranked 24th and still be the prime meridian. It's like, yeah, that's 
you know, clear, just like how Blake Bortles is clearly a franchise quarterback. <laughs> I want more what factoids. Else do we get? What else do we get, Erica? Um, well, you guys were talking about the sun setting and rising about Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and if you couldn't understand, like you couldn't be friends with someone that didn't understood understand where the sun. Jared Goff rose. from Hard Knocks did not n- understand that. According to the way that we situate ourselves in the states, yeah. the sun rises over the east. Yeah, you, know that. you guys ranked, you know, sun setting and rising for a very long time in um, 2017. <laughs> sounds like podcast gold. Yes, and good. also there was a bet about Sam Bradford um, becoming the Super Bowl MVP, and if that happened. Dan, you would have to absorb Greg's car payments and <laughs> absorb. And then you absorb. And then you talked about Greg was like, "I'll take you up on that." And you know, you know, you picked <laughs> the wrong you picked the wrong guy because Greg said he would actually go after you for the car payment if Sam Bradford <laughs> got the MVP. I feel like I'm in the clear. I feel like yeah, I'm Trent Richardson well, level in the clear. Well, on then you said you'd have to take him out for like a Dateline segment, and you wouldn't be. You know, Greg, you'd be dead because oh, you'd, have to, Greg you'd have to protect your family. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so that that is in you know in writing, as they mm, say. We haven't changed much over the not years. Not much. Yeah. You know, it'd be even better than Erica like retelling us this is hearing those clips. Ouch. I I thought that I she think, brought the proper perspective I liked to her voice that exercise. I, I, I enjoyed the as as opposed to throwing it, hearing Ricky how she interpreted yeah. it is what I like. Yeah. Also, I, I'd imagine she like took 18 minutes of dialogue down to a an acceptable sentence or two. Yeah, and also at 4.17 p.m. yesterday, Dan hands us, hey, just to be clear, you don't need to cut anything from those Dalton episodes. <laughs> that also. Okay. Oh, wow. Also, I'm I kidding. wanted Ricky involved in the show talking, yeah. you know? Yep. So, Greg. Greg just don't so shut her up. You know? Eat it. No. I'm yeah. Just... I'm getting married this weekend. If I had to hear myself say that about Blake Bortles, I might. Not make that would be tough. I I can imagine me saying that, but I really can't imagine Wes being that. I thought that was I factored that into. I didn't want her to be cherry picking things to make us all look bad because we've all had bad. He had that second year where we kind of we were. I was convinced. I have an ugly ranking out there where he's yeah he's above some good people. But if you want to if you want to cut that as a a video clip to put on social, (laughs) no, please do not (laughs) treat it as. The present from right now. All right. How do we want to dive into this? Okay. So, um, so it was in summation, it was Andy Dalton the first time we did the exercise, Alex Smith the second, Andy Dalton the third uh, year we did it. So 2018 and now the fourth year. Um, so we're trying to figure out. Well, to me, Dalton is the clearest. He's the clear he's guy, the, right? He's the guy because I don't think he's, to me, Alex Smith made sense at the time, but he's gone now and. Dalton really works. It's kind of amazing that he still works six years because we've only done it on the show what for four or five years, but I feel like we've been talking about it even longer than that. I think also works because the Bengals have not moved on from him. If he suddenly were on his third team, we, Andy Dalton sort of proved himself to be in a different category. It's, it, it's perfect for this seg because Cincinnati, above any other franchise, does not like to move on from things. So it allows us to keep that steady hand behind the entire premise rises and falls with the talent around him looked pretty good in September last year some things people started getting injured then he fell and he was okay he was he was plenty of quarterbacks worse and guess what there's some been some talk on this podcast in the last few weeks that Cincinnati could be a surprising team because there is some talent in that mm. building and a fresh start offensive philosophy with Zach Taylor perhaps uh, Dalton rises a little bit but it won't change that he is it would be very hard. He would have to have a 2015-type season again. But maybe even then, 
we've learned the lesson that it, it, it that doesn't necessarily make him more of a franchise answer. It just means Cincinnati was a better team. I'd ask this to Dan's point about the fact that we finally look around the league. There's only one or two teams or three teams with quarterback issues. Has anyone ever had Andy Dalton in their personal list lower than he is this year? He is lower than he's ever been for me by a quite a bit. Well, who are, who let's throw out who are the toughest guys to you to decide whether they're above or below Andy Dalton? Um, for me, it would be I'll tell you the guys that were um, around him that sandwiched him. Um, uh, underneath him, I have Trubisky and Winston directly underneath him. In that order, above him, I have Derek Carr, and then uh, I have I have the second year quarterbacks here. But I was a little, I put Darnold ahead of uh, Carr, just because obviously I believe in Darnold. I think he he is a franchise answer, um, and I think a lot of people agree with that. But also, you haven't seen a lot. He has 13 starts, but I still would put him above Dalton for this exercise. So I have Darnold Carr right above him, Winston Trubisky right below him. Carr is a really interesting one. I, I would rather have Andy Dalton than him. So I guess that you're two and two. to me that answer would be, you know, that he that you'd be maybe looking for a, another quarterback if you have Derek Carr. Because I, I think Andy Dalton, I trust uh, more long term. I had Winston right below, as you said. Dak, I really struggled with. And maybe I'm the only one in this room that thinks he's right around there. No, I had... I have Dak as the closest quarterback to Andy Dalton. Yeah, I, I had him right below, and then I think I just win, wimped out and put him one spot one spot ahead. And Jimmy G is another interesting one right there. And that that's a sample size thing that we haven't seen it too much. Uh, but, but Dak is an interesting question. I know the Cowboys aren't asking that question. And the numbers would say we shouldn't be asking that question. So maybe my eyes are lying to me. He's pretty young, and he does a lot of good things well, but I, I'm not so sure he's like a, a great long-term answer. Well, I'll, I'll let I'll let West, I'll go. I'm less I'll go, to, I'll go to Wes and then you. I just, okay, I, I, I don't that, feel like you're, why you're saving me for the last on Wes's exercise, but go ahead. What, let's do the sandwich um, around Dalton. Who do you have two above Dalton and two below? So I made a list of who I would rather have for 2019 alone. And then I made a separate list Uh, for who I would rather have on my roster for the next few years. And on both of those lists, the guys right around Dalton are Dak Prescott, Mitchell Trubisky, and Marcus Mariota. Hmm. On both lists. What about you, Mark? I have Andy Dalton just above Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. And I have him below... And this is because I'm thinking of myself as a team builder, and I definitely overinflated Sam Darnold, for instance, because if I'm starting a team, I believe in the promise of Sam Darnold, and I'm, I jacked him up above Andy Dalton. I have Andy Dalton just below Josh Rosen and Joe Flacco. And I, I for me, because Joe Flacco, to me, is someone that you cannot cling to for more than one more season. So those guys are below Andy Dalton. They're, they're a, they're, I have Flacco essentially almost tied with Dalton, but just above Andy Dalton. Hmm. See, to me, but Flacco Derek Carr not, right in that world, too. See, the way I look at it is is more of Wes's second list, which is kind of just who I would want long-term. For for the most part, that's what I'm thinking. And to me, Trubisky hasn't proven it. Uh, I'd be I'd be worried. If I, if Trubisky was my quarterback, I'd still be looking for other quarterbacks. Like, there's, I don't know. There's I don't, two ways to look at that. He also hasn't proven to be a failure. Absolutely. Right. Or proven to be a but mediocrity. He, but I guess I'm going a little bit with – the eye test, whatever I thought going in, and everything that if I had to pick right now, who's going to have 
the in the better next couple of seasons, just in terms of who I think is a better player. I think it's Dalton. Like I, I, I think if you put Dalton in that Bears offense, for instance, he would be doing some good things. And Mariota and Trubisky, to me, were maybe the two toughest young guys of like, I don't know, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen even that they're going to get to that point where they're the, the prime meridian. I have, where do you have Winston? Right there, too. I have eight oh, guys. Ju- oh, just above them, but but uh, I had him right below. I have eight guys beneath Dalton. I took Lamar Jackson out of the equation. He's obviously, to me, a guy with we all did, promise, right? but he only had eight, seven starts last year. Um, but the guys below um, Dalton for me, so by the logic of this exercise, these guys are guys I do not view as answers, as franchise quarterbacks. Um, Winston Trubisky, I said. Uh, Josh Allen, he's a guy that I don't know about yet, and he's a guy that can move up, but right now I have him below. Eli, Flacco, Mariota, Rosen, and then uh, I throw K- Case Keenum on there, but I don't know. If I'll give you mine real quick. I had Dalton at 24 out of 29, although, again, wow. sort of tied with Joe Flacco. I, but see, I have a Dalton thing where if I went in, if the Bengals hired me, the first thing I would do was get new life at quarterback. I don't care how average or a little bit above average he tends to be at I times. guess my thing is, uh, when is the last time Flacco had a better season than Dalton? I, I think Flacco is... I, I trust Flacco more than Dalton, but I don't... Flacco was was 23 right above Dalton. So that's what's the difference? Below, I had Mar- Mariota, Winston, Josh Allen, Eli Manning, and I threw Case Keenum in there just in case he's a thing. I know you're, um, you've spoken positively about Josh Rosen, but like, what did he do to be I have him two spots Dalton. above Dalton, and I, and I take into but account Allen that I, I think that Rosen, to me, if I'm talking about if I were starting a team... Rosen is young. He was in the one of the worst situations a rookie quarterback's ever been in last year. He did some really good stuff, and I see I would take a shot on him two spots above Andy Dalton, not 12, not 14. So everyone else other than me had Carr above no. Dalton? So you I had not. Carr below Dalton so by, quite a, few, what was, by a few spots. What was your thought process there? I think Carr is maybe have one good year. the toughest guy to evaluate because I can see I why. the Raiders probably agree. You can see why physically and certain plays and some throws he makes, the variety of throws he can make, why people get excited by him. But I don't know. I, I want to get blocked again. It's probably happening. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I haven't seen that guy. sort of natural. Yeah, great guy. Great, great human. But great I haven't seen the natural, like the, you know, there's something about quarterback play that is almost indefinable of just like running a team, seeing the field, making the right throw. And I'm no tutor, but I don't know if he's shown that in five years that he's going to be in it to win it like that. His highs have been higher than Dalton's and his lows have been lower, and most of his career has been lows to this point. Mm. It's interesting. They both, I believe it was was it the same season, 2015, or is either 15-16, but Carr's Dalton year was was similar, but a year later where he rose, he was an MVP candidate, then he got hurt, and it ruined his season and the and his team season. Same thing happened to Dalton, and both those guys are chasing those years yeah. ever since. Mm. So it makes sense that where they are, we all are in agreement that they're basically like buddies here. Is, is, yeah. yeah, they're linked. Yeah, they're, they're linked, and I think it's huge years. It's a huge year for both of them. Adam Shine on our website revealed this week or last week that he voted what did Adam have Derek Carr for MVP. He has an MVP vote. He got Adam Shine's MVP vote. Not well, looking, there were a lot of, not not looking there were a lot of Derek Carr fans that season. Oh, in is 2016, on, he yeah. voted for is Carr. Is that on Carr's pro football reference page? Should Adam be. Shine MVP vote? I mean, I think he got a couple, and people were wondering who voted for Derek Carr, and now we know one. 
He had a very nice year. He had a great year that year. And then what did he do? Broke his thumb? No, that was Dalton. I get him confused. Broke his leg. Broke his leg. A lot of a lot of his, his ankle. A lot of his best Back moments issues. to his credit are come fourth quarter comebacks. Is that something that that can, you know, consistently happen year after year? I think they've put enough around him that we'll get a good read on who he is as a quarterback this year. Uh, you would hope the same would be for Dak and Jimmy G. Why, why Wes, did you have Dak so close? I'm almost surprised to hear that because I, I think of you as a, a why, Dak believer. Why did I have Dak? And so well, close. First of all, Andy I think Dalton. Dalton's a pretty good veteran NFL quarterback. Yeah. Um, Dak has not proven to be – he's not carrying an offense. See, he's similar to Dalton and to me to use like the DJ and Bucky. He's a trailer, not a truck. He's, he's not pulling the load. Ooh. He's along for the ride. Zeke's pulling that load. He's been pulling that load since he came into the league. That's, that's, certainly, that's, not Zach's, that's not Dak's offense. That's, that's the kind of knowledge uh, he should, DJ should be using in that interview with Chris Johnson. I'm a trailer, <laughs> not a truck. Wait, what is no, it? No, he's I'm a, a truck. I'm a truck, not a trailer. And then Adam Gase would immediately fire him. Zeke's the truck. Like, only trailers <laughs> in this building. DJ's the truck. I'm the truck. <laughs> yeah, I just I, – I have not seen, like, Dak Prescott lift that offense on his shoulders. Adam Gase does not want a truck in that building. Well, then that certainly puts him in Andy Dalton territory because <laughs> when I look at Andy Dalton, I feel like you could put him on any team in the league, and he's not going to make any team better Right, I had a on much, any level. The I most had, interesting one to me – Oh, I disagree versus, with that. I think – Okay, could, he, if, he went, if he went to the Dolphins, he can make he, – he might be better than like, Ryan Fitzpatrick. For me, I, I think he could make the Titans better right now. I think he would make the Bears better right now. That's oh, why I, I have him – that's I why I have him ahead that. of those guys. Nick Foles was another one that I didn't know exactly what to do with. You haven't seen a ton. I, I had him below Andy Dalton as well. Really? That's mostly sample size, but what? yes. Well, he had one – Even though I really like the signing, to me, I – I I don't know if he's. I'm that. really surprised that you have him yeah, below because I because like him. Not only does he have the, of course, storied Super Bowl run and had another nice playoff run last year, he also did have that season with the Rams. I believe who was it? I feel so long ago. Well, I mean, Eagles, the Eagles season, season where he threw one interception the whole year. He played a season there, and he's he's shown he could stay on the. To field. me, the best test of a quarterback is a 16 game season. I mean I that disagree with you that's totally. that's a best evaluation and the the guys who are really good can survive the ups and downs of multiple 16 game seasons and Foles as brilliant as I think he's been I guess I need to see one one more full season from him or think, anything from Andy Dalton Yeah I think if you Take Foles, Dalton, and Trubisky. This is a good I think I've seen a lot from Dalton that I know who he is. I mean, fine. In like week six, he'll have a nice, he'll nice have productive game. But come on. Foles has come up. had a pretty good career. Foles has come up as big as you could possibly want a quarterback to come in the playoffs. Yeah. Dalton has been an abject failure in the playoffs. And to me, the interesting one is him versus Trubisky on the Bears because the Bears defense is good enough that I think you could win a Super Bowl with Andy Dalton. That's what and I'm the saying. The coach is good enough, and the surrounding town and offense is good enough. But I don't know if I don't know if I trust Dalton to do it in a big game. <laughs> and I think Trubisky is not a demonstrated mediocrity. He still has a chance to be so good because of mm. his athleticism and because yeah. of the coaching there that he could he could rise above Dalton. Like from a human angle, if you were talking about ranking quarterbacks to build a team, you have to put Andy Dalton into your... We're adding Andy Dalton to our playoff-ready roster. We know that all of you are going to believe in him from head to toe. No, they're immediately going to be asked questions about Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton has proven to be a quarterback you can't ultimately trust to do anything other than not win playoff games. But I'm more of I'm more <laughs> in the... I'm sorry, but that that's 
part of it. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Cousins then is kind of like the rich man's Andy Dalton. Absolutely. Like, yes. Literally, because he hasn't come up at his best in the big spot. Yet I didn't really think twice about putting him four or five spots ahead of Dalton because I think he's shown to me over those 16-game sample sizes in play-to-play, yeah, he's pretty good, that he's going to help your organization. I, I believe – I like to look at it, Dalton, as – what we've been talking about, that he he rises and falls based on what's around him. Yep. I don't think Andy Dalton is failing in January because he's a choker or anything like that. I, and he didn't even get to play in the playoffs the last year they made it because of that injury that we talked about. I, I think that if they ever did build something, he would not hold them back. He might not put them over the top because he is a trailer, not a truck. I think that's why he's a perfect prime meridian guy. And I think Cousins is fascinating for that reason. I was, I was curious uh, where you guys – um, did everyone have uh, cousins above Dalton? Yes, six, yes. seven spots above. Did everyone have um, anybody else have Prescott below Dalton? So you did. West? I did. Yeah, I had him five spots above Dalton. I just but that whole area is a bunch of like question mark type. Yeah, I had him. I had him one spot above Dalton. I, you know, I've been all over the place. Anybody? Back. Anybody surprising that? Many people view as an answer, a proven answer that kind of flirted with the the Dalton zone. Jimmy G, because I I think Jimmy G has so much unknown, and he's in a perfect situation, and he was in a perfect situation for those few times we saw him in New England. Uh, but I I don't know. I have Jimmy G quite a bit ahead of Dalton. I think the closest surprise I would have is that Stafford floated. Matthew Stafford floated Ooh. with the Dalton. <laughs> He's cousins. He's uh, next door neighbors with Garoppolo on my list, about five above Dalton. What about Trubisky? Is anybody? I have him right I below Trubisky Dalton. At, at, I have him right below, but I could see why someone would rank him a, a spot or two. And he above can move Dalton. up. For me, he's up. he's five spots below Dalton. For me, wow. But you just have Dalton much lower. I, well, I just like I I have yeah. Winston and Carr and Foles and Mariota. So maybe I'm evaluating Dalton as a little closer to that mean than than you. I think he was 19th on on mine. Of that, you kind of know what you're getting with Andy Dalton and the rest well, of those guys. I'm not so. I sure. had Trubisky four spots higher because I am not given. I I have my issues with Trubisky, but I've certainly not given up on him. Where we know what his saying, ceiling I haven't is. Either. Like I feel like I know year, what Andy Dalton's ceiling is, and I'm not. I'm not going to sign up for that as my. By the conceit of this exercise, you are saying that the Bears have their franchise quarterback. I think they believe they do now. If they get into a but situation, you, it's it's your franchise. I I, I think it, look at he he to me is someone that I'm going to give him another year. Based on the same way with the Blake Bortles stuff coming at us, I'm not willing to totally knock off Mitchell Trubisky, but I, I see things that concern me a lot. But if he corrects some of that next year, bang, they're going to give him another year. They're, they believe it. Sure, and I but believe I, it enough. It might be a mistake. They might look back in two years. I guess I'm making the evaluation, at least at this point, that they yeah, might look back yeah. in a couple of years that they gave him too much rope when they had a chance. We see Just like Andy Dalton. Which happens all the time. Yeah. Blake Bortles. Way too much rope. I gave him, I gave him rope, tied it around my neck. Where was Jimmy G last year for everyone? Because I have him up at around fourteen. Because just because of last season, I am not. I care. I get that he got injured. It's, it's two or three. I games, have him a complete like if over thirty quarterbacks. I have him around fifteen, sixteen. His his Same. his twins are or his neighbors are Dak and or excuse me, Cousins and Stafford. I so, have him right next to Brady. Whew. How far did Brady fall down your list? Brady's 12th on my list. I have him at 8. 
or nine. I have a He's nine. a forty-two-year-old man. Hey, wake up, uh, Ricky. Do you hear that? Brady twelfth on this list. How just how does that make you? feel? Well, that was this the part that was I thought the challenge is like you have to factor in the right. global right. Age I actually, and everything to be else. honest, I didn't really worry about the order of the list when I knew they were clear. Like for Brady, for me, he's clearly you on the right franchise. side. Are you choosing? You had a franchise, 2019. Are you choosing to stake your franchise to Tom Brady or Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson. Of course. The throne of Sleaze. Tom Brady is drifting towards the Dalton line. That's just a fact. That's where we're at right now. He's drifting. And that does they just won a Super Bowl. But he is not he's not chilling at the top of the list anymore. The thing with Brady is it could could all be over in in one game. It could all be it could the end could happen at any game. Right. I mean he's rewritten. Any expectations of quarterbacks' aging process? I mean, the only time, you know, a, a team's made the Super Bowl three straight times, what, in 25 years is his 39 to 41-year-old years. That's insane. It's just insane. Just wait till the Cincinnati's a surprise AFC title game participant and the Pats fall off and it becomes the Brady scale next year. <laughs> that is awesome. No, that would be <laughs> That is That awesome. would be sacrilegious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were retiring. It would be a great day in New York when that happened. (laughs) In New York City. See, two singers. There are there are multiple horses in this. That's everyone. That's everyone partying. uh, You know, for the Ryan Fitzpatrick Darnold competition next year after Darnold has a deeply troubling second season. Oof. (laughs) You know, you're such a small man. I'm I'm dealing with all this fallout with the Jets, and you can't even just take the victory of the first 20 minutes. Comes in for the kill. I mean, I mean, you can't take that W. I say one negative thing about Brady. I'm having I'm having a a fun uh, retort to the Brady scale. Just for curiosity. I don't believe it in any way. See, it's even. Look, it look how hard. Even. You know, Darnold's nice and high on my list. Just for say. curiosity's sake, where oh, did everyone rank Baker Mayfield? But I didn't really worry about where it was. I had Baker, and I, I wanted to be a little fanboyish and put him up higher, but I'd like to see year two. I have it at number eight. In between Russell Wilson and above Matt Ryan, for me. I have him at 13 <laughs> between Goff and Stafford. But rise. How dare you? A riser. He's weirdly, a riser. I, I have him. Yeah, I have Played him about, 12 games. I have about eighth after Matt Ryan. I weirdly I just noticed I have Thomas yeah. Dimitrov 10th. The only I don't know. Thomas like Dimitrov. Brain fart or what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Was that meant to be Matt Ryan? No, because he's on the I'd love to too. know who you're linking that to. I think that's I wrote so Dimitrov instead of Ryan, and then, yeah, that's a problem. Mahomes, <laughs> Rodgers, Luck, and Russell Wilson are the only four I have over Baker Mayfield. I mean, I love I love Baker. I think he's could easily be in the top five for me next year. But you I mean, still, it's that week three Jets Browns game. Well, it's You'll a, just never get it's over. To, when no, it comes to the like, Dalton it scale, it it's sort of a different conversation. Yeah. He's he's way ahead of it, and so I'm not really sweating. It depends what we're ranking here. If you're like guys to build a, your franchise around, yeah, he would be in my top five. I think. I mean, that if you're the only if question. your neighbors are Goff and Stafford, like those are two established NFL stars, right? Well, now. Goff He's only after year one. Like, I thought Goff there. might get a little heat in this Wait. room as being around the Dalton. Scale. I put him at thirteen. Dan, you're starting Goff. a franchise tomorrow, right? And you're choosing to start it with Jared Goff over Baker Mayfield. Um, well, they're next to each I other. I don't believe that. No. I don't believe I, you maybe pulled I, the trigger on that one. Maybe I would put Mayfield right ahead of Goff. I mean, I didn't spend hours on this. You got to live with this choice for the but next 10 years. Also, well, you got to think about I've the PR, trying, too, like the, the commercials you're going to do to sell season tickets. I don't know if you've seen Goff's I've also acting. been – they're both number one picks. I've been – I was vocal about how – 
dispiriting that performance was in the Super Bowl. But Goff, Goff established himself as a star in this league over the last two years. So I, I think maybe we've gone too far the other way now where we're mm. doubting whether Goff is a, a real like answer, a quarterback, a trucker, a trailer guy. I'm not, but I would rather have Matthew Stafford than him. I'd rather have Cam Newton than him. I think Sean McVay's the truck. I'd ra- exactly. I'd rather have Deshaun Watson than him. So to, when you're talking about those guys, Cousins and Goff to me are in the similar-ish area. And that, for me, is down 13, 14, 14 spots. The, the game, best thing about Goff is his age. I mean, he's barely older than Baker. You know what was a great thing about Goff, too? Um, when we were at the uh, Vikings-Rams game, I, you know, I've been to you know probably like 30, 40 NFL games in my life. I never saw a quarterback throw the ball with greater precision in a game. And that's obviously one game. But the, the guy has incredible skills. I think sometimes it gets, um, I was going to say, uh, goffed over, glossed over, um, that he has put together some really good tape and still a yep. short amount of time in this He's league. 24. He's four months young, older than Baker, which I, to me does matter. Um, that He's younger they, than Baker? Then, uh, four months older than Baker. Oh, still, that, that's cool. that it's that you give him a little bit of a this is his fourth season, there. right? Wow. So he was he was just such a young pro playing. Anyway, but I agree with right, everything Wes. you said. You're right, but I would still like not even think twice. I would definitely take Baker. I would Mayfield. I would probably Me take too. Baker over Goff. But what, what's I think your guys' same zip that's code? A good, that's a good category. What's the best you've ever seen someone spin it live? I think I'm, I think well, I'm with Dan. That Jared Goff game against the Vikings. Foles against the Pats in the Super Bowl was, pretty, was pretty outrageous. Yeah. Flacco. I would say Flacco in the, in the first Super, half against Flacco the in the Super Bowl is my has always been my answer. But, but I'm not Gettleman. I'm not drafting a guy just because he had a good game in front of my eyes. How about like Tom Brady hitting James White in the flats like 18 times so in that exciting. one Super Bowl? How about James White <laughs> squeezing through for that two point conversion to tie the game up? Wow! The best Brady, what a moment. Brady's fourth quarter against the Seahawks. Was impressive. Yep. Yeah. The best throw I've ever seen was Eli Manning to Mario Manning. Bingo. Super right, Bowl 46. Right on our sideline, too. To basically bury the Patriots and ruin their legacy. That was a good damn throw. That was, like, that was gorgeous. That was that like throw. four Super Bowls ago. <laughs> it's hard to even remember. <laughs> All right. Uh, everybody have Patrick Mahomes at top this list? I know that's not what this exercise was. I'm I did. curious. Yes. Wes? Wes I, I do, but it's sort of like hedging because it's more of a tie with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I have everybody I have Rodgers. Have Aaron Rodgers. Too. Well, Mark, where do you have Rodgers? How far beneath the Dalton line? I initially <laughs> had Andrew Luck number two, but I moved uh, him down a spot to make room for Aaron Rodgers, who will lead the Packers to another heat-seeking seven-win season. <laughs> That must have killed you to put him in the top three. No, I, I mean, my, I, I t- like, again, I'm the GM has to answer questions. How am I going to explain to anyone that I'm putting Aaron Rodgers anywhere <laughs> other than the top three? I mean, they throw parades for seven win seasons in Cleveland. I mean, it's not. It's well, you no, know, Greg, you now, when, <laughs> when are you going to? Wes is getting married in a couple of days. Any insults you'd like to sling his way before we close <laughs> I the was, show? I was talking about the Browns, not, not <laughs> you. You know, 50% of marriages end in divorce. <laughs> <laughs> that feels low these days. It's got to be like it's, close it's to risen. Yeah, I saw some oh, of it. Many unreported. Yeah. All right. <laughs> speaking, I don't know what that means. Speaking of the wedding, so there you go. Dalton, Andy Dalton remains the prime meridian, um, and we'll check back in next year to see how things. How badly out. we messed it up. Exactly. Um, I I wanted to have Nick Wessling on the show today. Uh, had planned to phone her with him, but we just too much stuff going on. Oh, the breaking news. So maybe feels we'll, like a missed opportunity. Yeah, maybe we'll have Nick on uh, after the great cornhole battle in Tybee. This is our last show mm. uh, before 
Uh, Not having them on is like the biggest psychological warfare you can do. So I think it's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're looking forward to mostly that cornhole showdown, but also Chris getting married. So Lakeisha, (laughs) we're all jumping on planes west tonight on a red eye. Tonight on a red eye. Friday, we have the largest and oldest water fight in the world. Also the only. Beach bum parade on top. The owner of Huckapoo's, Eric Thomas, is the big kahuna for the parade. What is a water fight exactly? Help us with that. So at 6.30, anyone coming onto the island should be either in a poncho or prepared to be oh, no. shot with um, That's when we're all kind in. of water cannon. A.M.? Uh, I'm glad we... 6.30 in the evening. Okay. I'm glad we knew this. Um, Greg, this seems like something you would hate especially. It, it, it is. In it theory, we actually were there this weekend a year ago, and Wes and I ended up, we were just having a good time playing cornhole in the driveway. We never went to any of these shenanigans. We just were having fun, and half half the town was coming over to pay their respects to Wes, so we never even got involved. And listen to this party house um, that we have set up. The Sesslers, Mark and Simone. The Zeusers, Dan and Emily. The Gonzos, Colleen and John. And... Our little, our little girl, little daughter in, in her own little room with the Michael J. Fox poster on the wall playing her Debbie Gibson records, Erica Tamposi. <laughs> it's on. Now that is going to be fun. Wait, Gonzo got the green light? I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping Gonzo will not be uh, caught up with ringer-related NBA duties. Mm. Cross our fingers on that one. Uh, but be if not, you're a good uh, cornhole foe. It would be, yes. I, I have some rivals. Oh, yeah. Gonzo and I have had some history there, too. Um, all right, so we're really excited for that. So because of that, um, you won't have another show from us um, until Tuesday. So, if, And if we get – I swear to God, if one person comes out of us on Twitter with the criticism of the show uh, not being online on Monday, a new episode, I declare vengeance. Right. Who are I'll you? go to your front door. Who are you if you're asking or uh, critique? How dare you? All right. Good stuff. You ready, Wes? I'm ready. All right. Let's go to Tybee Island. Let's do it. <laughs> this is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman. The old boss. And Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Until the nuptials. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.